everybody, and welcome to the Alternate Captains Podcast, Episode 9. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Ganong, and with me today I have Chris, the tethered one. The tethered one. Wagner, eating rabbits. Yeah. That's a spoiler. We saw us. It's not really a spoiler that there's rabbits. They got scissors. Them scissor hands. They got clones. They wear red jumpers. People it, say jumpers. Uh, if you're British. It, but doesn't that mean a sweater? Yeah. It's a British sweater. But So what is it in North America? A sweater. No, no. What they wear is it a jumpsuit? Jumper? What's... What's a jumper in America? Yeah. Other uh, than somebody who jumps. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't... Uh, we don't... That's not a clothing item, I don't think, no. in, in America. So they wear red outfits. They're like schmucks. But I don't I don't know if they're one pieces or two pieces, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. They didn't really ever take them off in front of the camera. Did they? No. That one guy didn't? Did he just put stuff on top? Just like added? I don't remember. Hmm. Anyways, it's in the theaters right now if you want to go see it. Jordan Peele. Tweet us what you think of it. Tweet us what you think of it. What you, what you think about the rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, This is the podcast where we talk about... The movie we just saw last week? Or no, this week. It was just a couple days ago. We talk about sports in weird ways that you wouldn't expect. You can find us on Instagram at Alternate Captains, on Twitter at Alternate Caps, on Facebook as the Alternate Captains Podcast, and you can go to alternatecaptains.com. There it links out to Spotify, links out to iTunes, links out to Google Podcasts, and anything you, you want. You can play it right there, too. You can play it right there. Episode 9. So today, we're going to be talking about coaches, managers. What do they What do they mean? What are they doing? And also, video replays. Video review. Coaches challenge. A lot of stuff like that. Alright. Anyway, so, the first thing, coaches. Why are we talking about coaches? Talking about well, coaches. My favorite soccer team in the world, Manchester United, love of my life, just signed a manager to a permanent, permanent, um, I got quote air, marks air quotes, here, yeah. three-year deal. <laughs> it's like, what does permanent really mean these days? It means you work a 40-hour-a-week uh, job. Right. But it's like, he was already on like a one-year deal. That mm. was a temporary deal? Hmm. But it's no different than the... Anyways. You're permanent once it's more than one year. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. Anyways, but they... So what happened this year was we had this coach, didn't Jose Mourinho. It's his third year with us. He was terrible. We were ranked eighth in the league out of 20. And that's not where we want to be because we're one of the biggest teams in the world. We want to be the top four. We want to go to Europe. So we let him go in November or December. And we brought on a caretaker manager, is what they call it in soccer. And that means that's someone who's going to be the manager in a temporary role that's that's basically going to help carry the club through the current season until they find a permanent solution, right? And who they brought in was Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. <laughs> Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer who was a former player for Manchester United, which is why they brought them in, because he kind of knew the culture of the team and he knew all this sort of stuff. But then he went, like, 14 and, se- and wins in 17 games or something like that. Like, he was, like, killing it. And finally, this week, they announced that he was doing so well that they've signed him to a permanent three-year deal. So 
thank goodness for that. There's just something about him that, that like, cause you have to have a manager who agrees with the principles of the club, right? Because the club is going to have certain principles like we want to bring uh, kids up through the academy, right? And so that in- instead of having to buy all your players, you can train them up and they can cut- be homegrown. Or we want to play attacking football. Or we want to play, we want to get a lot of goals. Or like, like the board of each club is going to tell the manager, this is the kind of football we, we expect you to play, right? And so if you have a manager that doesn't agree, or like, that's not his style, you're going to have a clash there and it's not going to last very long. But because he was a player who, who understood what the club meant and what it was like to, to play for such a big club, he knew exactly how to fit in, right? And so he knew exactly how to how to encourage the players and how to deal with the press and the media and that sort of thing and do well in big games. Like we like we I went on that rant a few episodes ago about our, the comeback that we made and that was all because he knew what he was doing. So, but that also the whole idea of a manager or a, or a coach and again that what is permanent it's like kind of an interesting question. Like, what is a manager or a coach? I mean, not what are they, but how how long do they have to prove themselves? Because here's the thing. It, it, a lot of the time, most of the time, I'd say, when you're bringing on a new coach, it's because things weren't going well with the old coach, right? It's very rarely that it's like, oh, the old coach retired and they were in a good place right. or something like that. Yeah. Or like Zidane, what he did uh, like the year... Not last, it was like the end of the last year, I suppose, right? It was, he won the Spanish League and the Champions League and the Spanish Cup, and then he pieced out. Right. <laughs> yeah, with, with Real Madrid. It's like, that's that's more rare. Usually what happens is... They get fired. Team is not doing well, they get yeah. let go, they get fired, that sort of thing. But how long should a, should a coach have? Because they, they have to turn the team around first, right? Yeah. So I personally unless they're doing something that's like against the best interests of the club like for like that could permanently damage the club they should get at least one season right one full season right they take over they're taking over mid-season they don't have time to get new players in right they don't have time so it's like i think they need one full season what do you um i i tend to yeah yeah i would (laughs) generally i i think i agree yeah uh i think the obvious exception is that if you say you know season is going bad you fire your coach bring in the new coach and then he that coach starts the next season and then you lose like the first like half then there's not really any value and because obviously it's not working but it's such short amount of time you know uh, yeah i like and like all the roots that the previous coach had are still there, like they're still spread out and like all all the different aspects, not just the not just the strategy, but the players they picked. Like they picked the players that they picked because they they thought they would fit sometimes, in with their strategy. Sometimes the coach picks the players. I mean, yeah, true. In some sports, it's the general manager who picks true the players. True, and the coach is just like, all right, I guess these are the guys now. Yeah, but it's like they they're they're gonna stick to certain players, and they're gonna they're gonna play certain players more because they get, of, they get to choose who to play. Yeah. yeah, because of they they think they're gonna fit their strategy better, and like, are you misusing your assets 
Like, do you have players that could actually thrive in a different uh, strategy, but you're not using them properly, and then maybe you end up trading them, or maybe you end up loaning them out if it's soccer? Or... Yeah. You know, I think I think it, it it's all contextual. Like, if you're yeah. if you're having if you're a struggling team, you have a bad season. The next season, you want to shake things up, put in a new coach, maybe some other front office changes. Um, you got to, I think as a new coach, you do have to prove yourself a little bit. Like you've got to see like, okay, this is the direction we're going. If you, if you're, you had a struggling season, then you have another struggling season after. Maybe hold it up. But if you have like a bad season and then a worse season, I think then maybe you give them the boot. If, or if it's like, so like in football, there's in NFL, there's 16 games in a season. Say you, you go like three and 13, and then the next year you go one and 15, or you're like trending towards one final, you start like what, oh and nine or something, or oh and 10. I think it may be at that point it's reasonable to, to let that coach go because obviously they're not, they're not helping whatever's wrong, they're not fixing it. You know what I mean? They're not mm-hmm. making it better. They're making it worse, if anything. Yeah, it, but it and also if you let go of your coach, it's a big. It's like a, okay, people. Nobody is safe, so we've got to we've got to maybe put in the work effort, maybe a little bit up the the play. It's a shock. It's like if you're you're playing hockey and you're letting in three or four goals, but the goalie's actually playing well, but your defense is playing poorly. The rest of the team isn't scoring. You pull the goalie, you or you change goalies then it's a little bit like okay we need to refocus reset everybody get on the same page kind of thing you know what i mean that makes sense yeah kind of it's again like you said it's really contextual and like i'm just thinking back to like my again my favorite team manchester united they had a coach for oh gosh how many years 30 years in a row, same as Sir Alex Ferguson, best coach of all time, and like the his first few years weren't amazing, right? Like he had a he had mm. a normal first few years for any coach, and that took like two or three years and that sort of thing, and then he ended up being like the greatest manager of all time right. after that, and like I don't know more recently, like I remember, am I wrong in saying that like Mike Babcock, like when he went from the Red Wings to the Maple Leafs. They still didn't have like a very good season after that. They, like they, the, they like, had they had that one playoff season. Like, I'm trying to recently I'm, was that before Mike Babcock? I'm trying to think because like because they're doing well now, right? And Matt Mike Babcock's been there for. But they had that they had that one playoff season. I think Phil Kessel was still playing for them. Uh, they didn't go very far, but they. I'm trying to think. It was here. a big. I remember it being a big deal because they hadn't been in the playoffs forever before then. I'm trying to think here, because like, like if we're, like they were they qualified for the playoffs the past two years, right. not including this year. This year they did again, but yeah. the three years before that they didn't um, even qualify for the playoffs. So 2013 to 2016 they didn't qualify. Maybe I'm thinking of. Are you thinking of a different team? No, I'm definitely thinking of the Maple Leafs. I might be yeah. thinking of 2017. 2016-2017? Yeah. Well, I mean, Phil Kessel was... He was long gone. He was gone at that point, I'm pretty sure. And, like, I'm trying to think... Maybe, maybe Kessel wasn't there, but... coaches here. I want to see when Mike Babcock started. 
He started in... Tell me. Because he was doing... He, he had a really good setup in Detroit. Like, he won cups with Detroit. Right. And, and he also coached Canada. The, the Olympic team, yeah. Yeah, so that, that felt like a really good... 2015 to present. Yeah, so they didn't... Okay, so not his first season, but the second they season. Missed, they missed playoffs two seasons in a row? With Babcock? No, one season. If they made 2016-2017. If he started in 2015, that would be the 2015-2016 I can't remember season. if he started halfway through or, not, or just in the summer. But, yeah. But they didn't have a very good first season with Mike Babcock. I think that's, that's a, a different story, though, because you know Mike, Mike Babcock is... Like, you, you know that he has a history of being a good coach. And, like, he has a history of coaching winning teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I guess the 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 whole like picture i guess the theme here is that it's contextual oh totally um uh yeah i i think when you, if you're starting with like a brand like not a brand but not a not a tested coach mm-hmm. um see even then it's hard it's hard though because like experience is so valuable mm-hmm. and experience at different levels is so valuable like there's there's obviously there's a difference between coaching like your kids mm-hmm. team versus a college level team or versus a professional team mm-hmm. so so my, like if you had a coach that kids coming from like a junior age team like teaching college age kids and whatever sport it is going to a professional level mm-hmm. um allowing like you said giving them like a, a season to test themselves out even then i think that's like just not even not very long at all like because i just i just don't see a good pattern in like continually yeah, rotating rotating coaches. until something sticks yeah, yeah like you you really need to give people the opportunity to like let their influence sink in to a team. That's true. But and that's where it's really complicated because it's like you don't want to see your team do bad for there's three, a, there's three a lot years of, in a, a row. A lot of money on on the line, right? Yeah, but like again, it's I th- I think back in the day, maybe mm. you know, two or three decades ago, mm. it feels like teams were maybe more lenient on coaches. I don't. But, I think but, something about pr- present day is very money focused, and it's mm. like we we can't. Oh, something's going wrong. We have to change something. Right. But it's not necessarily the right thing. Like, look at the Oilers and look at the Senators, right? And they're bad, not because of coaches necessarily, but because there's rotten stuff going on elsewhere, right? Like, like yeah. higher up. The right? Oilers just got rid of their general manager this year. Yeah, but like, I, they're still not in a good place. And like, no, and they won't be. And maybe like, next year. Who knows? But they've got Ken Hitchcock right now as their coach. And like the the senators are are like, they're rotten because of no, e- rotten. E- Eugene Melnick. Everyone hates Eugene Melnick, and uh, even like there are like teams like like Florida Panthers who they they have man they have GMs who don't want to or owners I, I should say they have owners who like don't want to spend to the cap. Yeah, like for me, you should spend to the cap. It's like the speed. Like, it's like the speed limit. You never go under the speed right. limit. Anyways, but yeah, so what I, yeah, what, what I'm pulling from here, so Alex Ferguson, I'm talking about Man- Manchester United again, right? Alex Ferguson started November 6th, 1986 and went to May 19th, 2013. So 86 to 2013. 
and he had a win percentage of 60%, like 59.67 over, and more of the wins came the second half of his career. So he had probably closer to a 50% win ratio, like in the first half of his career. And I think 50 is like unless you're coming it's from soccer, a, unless you're jumping in a, t- a team that's like that was doing well yeah. and then you're doing worse all of a sudden, right? I think if you, which you would rarely see, yeah. Um, it's I think so, it's soccer. It's different because there's draws, right? So it's like better than like a bit's better than having a fifty percent win ratio in hockey, right? Yeah, I think fifty is like unless you're doing like fifty for like five years in a row. I think you could do a couple years at fifty percent and be. Well, I think he okay. clearly did. Like he yeah. clearly did, maybe ten years at like around that mark. I don't know. I, it's 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 hard to like quantify that whole career as like oh he did good here and then you have to look at season to season for each of them. Right. But also you know players come and go and right. there's a certain amount of luck to it as well. Right. But like here, so for example, so we had that manager for seven was twenty seven years. Hmm. Then we had David Moyes from July twenty thirteen to April twenty fourteen. So not even a full season. 51 games. Then we had Louis Van Hal from 2014 to 2016, 103 games. Then we had Jose Mourinho from 2016 to 2018, 144 games. He had a win rate of 58.33%. And it's like, we've been, and granted, I, I'm one of the ones who agree with getting rid of him, but it's also like, at what point do we just let them do their thing? Like, it, like, where, how did we go from a team that gives like gives this manager a shot to like let their roots sink in to just like rotating a new coach every two years? And so I'm hoping that doesn't happen with our current manager, but like it's it's so complicated and there's so many factors that are more than just performance. You think that like in in this day and age, like because you're talking about like many years ago versus yeah like now nowadays. You think it's just with like it's so easy to just go on like online and be like, oh, you're bad, and then for somebody like the owners to go and be like, oh, look at all the people who say you're bad, right? Maybe, maybe it, I, I, I wonder how much they watch like trends on Twitter, like trending hashtags on Twitter, and right. like that sort of thing. Like, is that actually having an impact? Like, because before the dialogue would be, what are the fans chanting at the game? Right. Right. And what are the rumblings after the game? Kind yeah, of thing? are they because in soccer, in European soccer, they're gonna let you know if they're not happy with what's going on, right? Like during the game, and and usually it's I don't know. Sometimes they do pick on individual players, but a lot of the time they're like they're chanting to the coach or they're chanting to the management, right? And uh, yeah, that that could definitely be a big part. Like that could definitely be a part of it, and. If think about hockey too like hockey is one of the most dynamic year-over-year sports because of the salary cap and because of the draft right because you'll have teams that go from being last in the league like the pittsburgh penguins right but then they can draft Sidney crosby and then within a few years they're winning the stanley cup yeah right like it's so dynamic it's like how do you even like decide that you're on a good path right right i think and i I think 
letting coaches have some like lenience like you could have that good year and i wonder if it's i wonder if it's a certain degree of like okay you have so you've got this coach mr coach man and you've got this team and you're like this coach is losing with this team this team is supposed to be really good on paper but Mm -hmm. this coach is losing with them or you could say we've got mr other mr coach and you've got this less um i don't know the word i would use here it's not it's not considered as good a team here and and they're doing about as you would expect so maybe you don't fire him because you're like well they're not really working with the best players so maybe we'll keep the coach because there's not really much they can do yeah i I wonder how much that comes into play Mm -hmm. like you look at the blackhawks and the blackhawks have like jonathan taves and patrick kane patrick kane they're doing not great this year yeah so you're like maybe this this coach isn't coaching these players and like maybe they're not their strategy isn't good or maybe their lineups aren't very mm-hmm. good. You know? Well, they fired uh, Joel Quenville, who was the coach that led them through those Stanley Cups, right. right? Like they fired him this year, right? And it's but and I'm looking here right, at Tampa Bay Lightning. So they John Cooper is their current coach. He's been with them since 2013, which is you know six years at this point, right? Mm. So 20 2013 lost in first round. 2014 lost in Stanley Cup Finals. 2015 lost in Conference Finals. 2016 didn't qualify for the playoffs. I was getting like like 2017 last year lost in Conference Finals, and then this year they're like the best. Granted, we can we'll see how they do in the playoffs. In the playoffs, yeah. but like, what about those three years there where they lost in the Stanley Cup Final, lost in Conference Final, and then didn't qualify for the playoffs? Like, like how how can you like can you do like pretty good just do above average like, like what if you only do pretty good for like a few years in a row like you always make right. first round playoffs but never never right. win because if you're if you own a team you want to win i think most owners want to win the stanley cup at you know or within least, the next yeah. five years they're like i want to win the stanley cup within the next five years whether you know whether it's possible or not but so when you're if you're on a team that's like constantly like really close but not like do you like, do you fire a coach that gets to the playoff every year? It's like... Yeah, that's a tough one. It was really tough, right? Anyways, I think I think all we're saying here is let's give coaches a little bit more of a chance. Like, as long as they're not hurting <laughs> the team permanently. Let's give them a chance sometimes. Yeah. Like, if they're doing destructive things, like, they're, they're doing... They're, like... They're, they're like they're be- healthy scratching yeah, star, like players. star players yeah. for no reason and that sort of thing. And then then you're like, okay, they're actually trying to like harm the team. Right. But let's just, you know, give them a few years. See what happens. You know, maybe you'll get a first round draft pick. Or maybe you get a first overall draft pick. I mean, yeah. and then, then, then boom, you're, you're golden. <laughs> All right. And then moving on from, from coaches, we want to talk about some... Coaches' challenges, some video replays, some... Moving on from coaches, let's talk about coaches. Right. And so, why are we talking about this, Wagner? So, um, the NFL is now allowing pass interference calls um, or non-calls on pass interference plays to be challenged, which is a a huge rule change. Um, So, this is will come into effect in the next um, season. season. Yeah. Um, and so why is this big? Yeah. Well, if you look at the playoffs last year, there was a, um, let me get this right. The name's all right. 
the Saints NFC Championship game where they lost to the LA Rams, there was a not called pass interference that some people might think should have been called as a pass interference that would, um, some may say, would have changed the result of the game. And so the owners voted, and they voted a 31 to 1. One coach, one owner didn't believe in it. Was it the Rams? It was not the Rams. Wow. Yeah. Cincinnati Bengals. Who knew they existed still? Um, Ocho Cinco. Oh, yeah. Chad Ocho Cinco. Um, But yeah, so that's a pretty big uh, rule change, because previously Mm -hmm. in the NFL, you could not challenge an interference call or a interference non-call. However... Uh, I want to say within the last, definitely within the last 10 years, maybe in the last five years, the CFL has allowed you to challenge pass interference calls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, being a CFL fan myself, I've noticed a pretty, like, that That does make a big difference. Because imagine you're, you're, watching, you're watching a play, and everybody's done it. Every football fan has done it in the world, where they put their arms up and they go, that was pass interference. He's all over him. You know, where's the call? Where's the flag? And now in the NFL, you'll be able to challenge that. And so that's a significant rule change. So that's why we're talking about challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think? What do you think? What do you think is reasonable to be able to challenge? Right. And yeah, let's go from there. I think that's. I think, yeah, it's it's interesting. I was listening to a podcast. I don't know what, what, what it was. But it, they brought up an interesting point specifically about football and challenges was that like football is one of the most technologically advancing sports in that like when you're watching at home, you're getting all these stats and overlays and that sort of thing. And they're, they're, they've got all these different angles of every play so that you can like review all and all that sort of stuff. And it's almost... The amount of, and then you you also have like autom- automatic reviews. Yeah, so like if you score, there's an automatic review. Yeah, or, or if like, there's a turnover, some like yeah. within the last within few minutes or something. So right? in the NFL, it's the last two minutes yeah. of, of each half, and in the is the each half or there's a two minute warning at the end of each half. But yeah. I don't know if the the review for each of them or just the second or just, just the, the second, second half. half. I don't know. I can't remember. Definitely, that, definitely the second. Half. Definitely the second half. Maybe yeah. the first half too. They, that it, you can a coach cannot challenge it. It goes to the the, refer, the referees or the booth has to decide. Yeah, if it's challenged. But like, is is there a point where it's slowing the game down too much? Um, like, yeah. So in in the CFL when they when they did this. Coaches were call, throwing challenges just for the sake of throwing the challenge, right? Just to, like, get a breather. And then they, they dialed back how many challenges you could have. And so this is another thing that... I, this, this bothers me, and I don't know if anybody agrees with me. Mm-hmm. So if you challenge... Say there's a play, right? Yeah. And you're like... And you thought there was pass interference, imagine. Mm-hmm. And you, you throw your challenge flag, and you say, that, there was pass interference there. And you're right, and there mm-hmm. was pass interference. You lose your challenge. Right. And now you can't challenge anymore, even though you were right the whole time, right. and that ref made a poor call. Right. And so I think if you get it right, you should keep your challenge, mm-hmm. despite like it break. I know it breaks up the tempo, mm-hmm. but you you'd done nothing wrong. I know what you mean, but it's also I don't know because base that's the way it is in baseball. Yeah. But in hockey, it's you only get one 
the whole game. Whether you get it right or wrong. Yeah. Like, you basically, you get this one... But you get penalized for getting it wrong, right? You lose a timeout. Lose a timeout. Because they don't want... They don't want to encourage... Coaches challenging to get timeouts. Or, like, to right. get breaks. Right. So they're like, oh, you were wrong, then you just use... It's not really... And I think that, that makes sense, I think. Yeah, it's... I guess, yeah, the... the either Either they lose... Either... If they do a challenge, they get it right, they keep it, and they get it wrong, they they lose it. Mm-hmm. That's the West. The, that's the baseball, and that's I, what you're suggesting. Yeah. And then there's the you get a challenge, you get it right, you that's it, and you you get it wrong, you lose a timeout. So there's a punishment there. There's punishment. Yeah. Yeah. There's. I see both. I see the reasons for both. I I just I think football is becoming more and more inaccessible to like a layman in that the stops like 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 if, if you're a hardcore football fan you like that their challenges exist because you you want the calls to be called right yeah like you want do you want to make sure that the game is exi- is, a, is completely accurate the refing isn't influencing the outcome at all right so if you're a hardcore fan then you're in you're totally into it but i think that limits the amounts of laymen that you're going to convinced to become a football fan because then they watch a game it's going to be stoppage and stoppage and stoppage and it sort of limits yeah the layman from from watching because they think it's slow i get that yeah and so it's like really hard because it is a it's a business there's money involved you know you don't you want a product that people enjoy and so and and the challenge is newer to hockey than it is to football so that's why they've they've at least started with the you get one and that's it right right because they're like we don't want it to become too much there and there are also scenarios in hockey where they'll just automatically send it to yeah to the booth in toronto to review so you don't even need to challenge like but but things hockey like something in hockey you could be like hey three minutes before they scored that goal there there was an offside that you missed (laughs) right yeah and they'll the, that yeah, that's yeah, your yeah. that's your right as a coach's challenge that's tricky yeah because in hockey there's not stoppages like in football right you you have a stop it's each very play so plays. it's like it's like you can challenge before they do the next play yeah and if you if you miss that then it's your opportunity it's gone yeah the clock can run forever in hockey if it if it, it just ends up happening like right. and so and and it it's their right as a coach who has a challenge to do make that challenge and if they're right they undo the goal and they reverse the time three minutes. Really? I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm pretty sure whenever the, the call should have happened, like if it was an offside call, yeah. they, they rewind it to whenever that time was. So, so what happens if you have an offside that wasn't called in the first minute of the, of the game? Yeah. And then there's a goal and like two they, minutes left in the period. They play for like, yeah. They I don't play know. for like 17 minutes. Maybe I'm wrong, but like they do something there where they were... They, I'm, I don't think they just continue where the like, the play stopped because the play would stop on the goal, right, or something. Yeah, and ge- generally, most most challenges have to do with goals, goals, or like, yeah. Usually, it's like, usually it's like, oh, they scored a goal on us, but I want to find a reason why that shouldn't be a goal. Yeah. Every once in a while, it's we scored a goal. And the refs on the ice didn't call it. called it off. Yeah. But you you think they should review it because there wasn't any reason to call it off the goal. Right. Like and usually that's like goalie interference related and that sort of thing. And so because it's not like if if the ref calls an offside, 
then the play is over. It's not like, like yeah. it's not like if you hadn't called that offside, we would have scored. Right, because he blows the whistle yeah. and plays yeah. over. So it's not worth challenging an offside that wasn't really an offside because it's like, what are you going to get from that? Oh, it's no longer an you offside. Get, you get some feel goods. So like, usually it's goal related. Right. And I don't know. Actually, I got to figure out, I got to find out what they do with the time, but. Tweet at us what they do yeah. with the time. And so when, when there is that challenge, it is kind of slow. And it is like a few minutes where they're reviewing and that sort of thing. But then there's only that's only going to happen once or twice if both coaches use their challenge within a game. So it's like the pace that you're keeping the pace up and that sort of thing. And and I I personally I I do like challenges in football. And I like being able to to say, hey, you messed that call up. Especially with a game, it's like it's so chess like. It's so uh, like. It, the plays happen in sprints where it's like a play mm. and then yeah. it's, it's stoppage and then a play and then a stoppage. And it, it's like, it's like I, 10 second plays. Especially with like you've got X amount of downs to get 10 yards. So yeah. you only have so many tries so you got to make them count. Yeah. So I think it's really important to make sure you get those calls right because mm-hmm. you have three or four downs depending on if you're doing CFL right. or NFL. Right. And those three or four downs <clears throat> excuse me um, need to be right if you want to win. Mm-hmm. So, and soccer, which is maybe the like most recent one that's starting to add this sort of technology. The two the two technologies they've added in recent years is goal line technology, where they have like a high accuracy camera that's that's positioned above the 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 goal line, and it can tell if if the if the ball ball crosses the line by like a centimeter, it can tell, right? Right. So like I like that, and it's that one's generally pretty quick. Because the refs you have a watch on, and they just beam like a, a yes or no to the watch, right? Okay. And that's very quick to decide. It's not because it's not subjective, right? It's objective. It's did the did our technology determine it was a goal? Yes. Right. Boom. Yeah. Where where it's a bit more hazy in soccer is the is the VAR, the video assistant referee. So there's a group of referees that sit in a room, very much like the NHL, and They'll review a play if the if the on the field ref feels like it was questionable enough to get a review, and like that happened for example in that game I was ranting about where they determined with the VAR that it was a handball and right. we ended up good, and that took like five minutes maybe right and like and that's a game where the clock runs like soccer the clock never stops until it's over right yeah and so that was like really intrusive to the pace of the game. And then, like, now all the players are getting, like, five-minute breaks. And, like, if one team had, like, better stamina or, like, or, like they momentum were less, was going Yeah, they would lose the momentum. Like, even for us, it ended up turning out for us. But, like, I don't know. It, it's, I, I think th- that all of these, any of these things for any sport should be conditional on efficiency. Like, if they can't get th- these things done within a reasonable amount of time then they shouldn't be introducing them. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, that makes sense to a degree, Yeah, I think. Um, We're he- everyone's human. Right. These are hu- In these cases, are humans reviewing plays. So, I guess... Plays. It, it, back to our, our thesis statement. Mm, our thesis uh, statement. Uh, um, 
with the the NFL and the the pass interference, pass interference is a subjective call. There's no objective yeah. truth on that. There's no definition that like. I mean, you I can mean, you can, you, can, you can you can show a, a play and be ten out of ten people can agree that it's one way or the other, but yeah, it's not always going to be that play. But it's not always going to be that play, yeah. and so especially with the uh, I know you know everybody knows challenges are um, without they have to. Overturn the over, on the field ruling. Overturn the other on the field. So it's on the field unless there is enough evidence mm-hmm. to overturn it. Yeah. Um like court, so if it's like if it's ambiguous, like it could go either way, they'll go with whatever they called on the field. Yeah. Um and so with pass interference being a subjective call, so like you have a fumble, it's like, oh, does knee touch the ground? Yeah. Um and, and usually it's sometimes it's really close, but usually it's pretty obvious when you review a fumble, um with pass interference, is, you think there's a, a place for adding more subjectivity? Because that's just going to yeah. increase the length for yeah. how long it's going to take to review them. Yeah. And also, like, what if you have um, this call and the ref on the field feels differently than whoever's reviewing it in the booth? Like, mm-hmm. there's it, it's just a weird predict, like yeah. weird situation to consider. I I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Because it really pass interference is like a is a big penalty. Like a lot of the times, it goes to the point of the foul. So if you throw like a 30, 40 yard bomb, then that's yeah. that's game changing, right? Yeah. And, if it's if it's uh, and, and there's if a, it's defensive pass interference. If it's a, I mean, yeah, yeah. If the defender's interfering. Sorry, with yeah. the Defensive pass interference. Yeah. That's usually what we're what you're talking about when the, you're they, pass interference. They also are. You can challenge offensive pass interference. Yeah. But that's a it's like, really. <laughs> it happens it yeah happens. yeah that'd be like a, a like a, that that would have happened in the super bowl that's how boring that game was right was <laughs> not the best super bowl <laughs> that was so exciting that they do defensive pass or, or offensive, off, offensive pass yeah, yeah. Uh, and i feel like every sport has this call or like this thing where it's so subjective so for football it's like pass interference for soccer it's handball because handball it's like are they making their body bigger? But right. like, okay, what was, but what was how intent? far away do you have to hold your arm from your body to be making it bigger? Right. And like, like if, you're, if your arm is pressed up against your side, are you making your body bigger? Does your arm literally have to be in front of you? Like, yeah. And, and then are you making it bigger the other way? Or, or, oh, I mean, like, if, for example, and I'm thinking are, in this case. Are you case, a three-dimensional you're, being? You're, you're pointing your back to it because that's a common thing to avoid handball, right? Is point your back to the ball. Okay, so you're. it hits you in the back. You're two-dimensional then in this case. Yeah, and then and from then, above, you're, right. it's top down, right? And then in hockey, it's goalie interference. It's like, right? Who even knows what that is anymore? <laughs> and like, like if it's all, it's like, was the goalie stopped from trying to make a save? And it's like, maybe you interfered with them, but not in a way that like they could have gone to make the save that they needed to, right? Or like, <laughs> what's the point of the crease? The crease, <laughs> yeah. Because you see players, they're always in the crease. They're jumping yeah. in the net. It used to be stricter. Like, you used to not be allowed in the crease, right? Yeah. So what's the point of the crease now? I I can't remember. I can't remember when that pivot happened. I do remember, like, if you watch older highlights, you'll see players are, like, they, like, curve around the crease. Or, like, they skirt around the crease. Right. They're trying to avoid getting in the crease. Granted, it, like, if you get... I think it's, like, if you enter the crease with the puck. Like, you used to be... I don't know. Because it... I, you, see, you do occasionally see old highlights where players like get in, go into the crease, but they're not messing with the goalie. They they have the puck and they're going to shoot. But you like can't, you can't mess with the goalie. Nowadays, it's way less. 
Like Brandon Gallagher lives in the crease. It's like dribbling in the NBA. It's, it's like dribbling in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. It's like you can take five steps and it's not a travel. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're uh, one of the top players. Anyways, I'm all for tech. One last thing. Yeah. You ever play Madden? Oh, yeah, of course. Why did they have challenges in Madden? Like, right. Shouldn't the computer be able to get it right? It's just a, It's supposed to be part of the simulation. It's the fun. Part of yeah. the fun. Maybe there's a randomizer in referee calling have you ever, in Madden. you ever made a challenge in in Madden and, and you get the challenge wrong, but you go back and watch the replay and you're like, why did I get this challenge wrong? No, like, I should have no, got I've, this right. I haven't played as much Madden as you, though, but I believe you. It's maddening. It's frustrating. It's maddening. Uh, oh. oh, no. Yeah. Anyways, I'm all for tech as long as it doesn't interfere with the game. Too much. Amen. I think. All right. Well, that's what that's all we have for this week. It's been episode nine of the Alternate Captains podcast. Again, you can find us on Instagram at Alternate Captains, on Twitter at Alternate Caps, on Facebook as the Alternate Captains podcast, and on alternatecaptains.com to find our podcast services. Next week is NHL playoffs. Next week will be NHL playoffs. The last games of the season happen on April 6th, and the playoffs start on April 10th. So we're going to yeah. try to record April 7th. Text Corey uh, your picks for NHL playoffs. Text, text me? Yeah. Or tweet them at us, or do whatever. But yeah, we're going to try to record after the teams are decided. So we know these are all the teams that are going to be in the playoffs. And that should be a good one. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Ganong. We have Chris... Tethered Wagner. Go see us. Go see us. Uh, also, watch Get listen. Out. Get Out is really good as well. Watch Get Out. I think that's really the, the moral of the story. Yeah. Go watch Get Out. And keep it clean out there, boys. <laughs>